We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Turn with me, if you would, to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. We're going to read verses 23 through 25. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh unto the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. He being not a forgetful hearer, so apparently hearers are forgetful. Apparently by Scripture, if we're just hearers and not doers, we forget what we hear, but we remember what we do. And that's pretty classic, isn't it? That's pretty easy to understand. Uh, it's been said that what you get by achieving your goals is not as important as what you become by achieving your goals. I'm just going to throw a few things out at you. Aristotle said this, We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, therefore, is not an act but a habit. It's not an act but a habit. Gandhi said, You must be the change you want to see in the world. You must be the change you want to see. We all want to see change. Gandhi said, Well, it's us. An unknown writer wrote this, Losers visualize the penalties of failure. Winners visualize the rewards of success. And there's an old Japanese proverb that says this, Vision without action is a daydream, but action without vision is a nightmare. That's pretty... Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote this. He said, What lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. Power is not revealed by striking hard and striking often. Power is revealed by a true strike. Power is revealed by a true strike. So I want to talk tonight about striking while the iron is hot. Striking while the iron is hot. If you've ever watched a Western or seen or if you've ever been around, I grew up around this. We actually had, where I grew up, a couple of blacksmiths and a lot of farriers. I mean, those guys, you know, we had a lot of horses, a lot of, and so, uh, you know, we, it was fun, kind of fun to watch them. But uh, if you watched one of them, once they got that iron hot, they had to get it to particular, and they didn't use temperature gauge. They knew by sight what color it was and what it needed to be. In order for them to shape it, it had to be the certain color. And so they put that iron in there, and they'd get it a certain color, and they would hit it at the right time to get it to its desired shape. If they delayed or waited and it cooled down a little bit, then they had to let it cool rather than stick it back in there and get it right back to the temperature. They had to let it cool back down and start the whole, press, the whole process over again. And there was something about the metal and the iron that was there that if you did it, and I don't know if, if y'all have ever seen, there's a, there's a show on television now, and I, I don't think, I can't remember the name of it, but they, they take three guys or four guys, and so these guys say, okay, here's, we want you to make this knife, but you can use it making these hairpins. But they have to use this metal, and they have to make this knife out of what the, the metal they're given. And so if you watch them, they have to get it to a certain temperature, and you will realize if they overheated it, 
or if they underheated it and then try to do it, it'd break. Because uh, the thing about a blacksmith was a good blacksmith would understand by looking at the color and look, knowing that, you know, I'm sure the, the intensity of the heat as well, they knew when to strike it. They knew that if they didn't, that moment's lost. They're going to have to start all over. Uh, so strike the iron while it's hot. It means take action. It's, it's pretty simple. Striking the iron wall, take action when it's the appropriate time, when it's, it, when it's the time that presents itself. In Arlington National Cemetery in Virginia, there's more than 400,000 soldiers interned there, 400,000. The Congressional Medal of Honor is the highest military decoration that can be awarded by our government. And in that Arlington National Cemetery, there are over 400 men that have received the Congressional Medal of Honor. These were men that had, they were uncommon valor. They were different than some of the other soldiers. There was an uncommon valor about them, and it's because they were men of action. They struck while the iron was hot. That's what they did. When the opportunity presents itself, and that's what it means when you strike while the iron is hot, when the opportunity presented itself, they didn't stagger, they didn't wave, they took immediate action. And that's why they were given those awards is because, you know, you, we, we've seen the movies, you know, you get the World War One and World War Two and the, the movies, the Audie Murphys and all those. It, those are people who just struck while the iron was hot. Uh, let me ask you a question right now. Let's just talk a little bit of spiritualism here in the America. You feel like the iron's getting a little hot? You feel like, you feel like the iron's getting a little hot here? It, it, it's like... We're being prepped for a time where it's going to be time for us to strike when it hits that right place. The church is going to do what it's supposed to do when that, that, that right color, that right temperature, that whatever it is, whatever the iron of America is, there's going to be a point where we're going to have to strike and we're going to have to strike. And it could be that we're in that right now. It could be that what we're experiencing. And so, so how do we know that? Well, uh, it's like anything else. You, you know, you, when you do iron that way, if you go to a steel factory to, to a place in Pennsylvania, they, they work it a little different. They will get iron so hot that it melts and becomes liquid, and they'll pour it into a mold. But they have to have it at a certain temperature over a certain time and pour it within a certain given amount of minutes into the mold. Otherwise, when they take it out, the thing breaks apart. It's iron, but it breaks apart because, it's again, they know when to strike when the iron's hot. So if you look in the Bible, Nehemiah was a man of prayer. Nehemiah was a guy that struck while the iron was hot. He saw Jerusalem in its shame. And he, he, he was the guy that actually clothed Jerusalem again uh, with a wall of protection. Then you read about Ezra. Ezra was a man of action. He knew when to strike when the iron was hot. With, with a wall of protection that he obtained, he, he obtains this decree. If you look in Ezra 1, you see it from Cyrus. And he then has the decree to rebuild the temple. He, he knew that this was the time. This was the moment. You know, we, you, you hear about a lot of times, you know, pe people being in the moment. You know, they were at this particular point, at this particular time, and in this moment they did this great thing. It's because they understood, because they could have stu stood still and never struck the iron. They, everything could have been right in its place, and they never made a move. Because have you ever... Have you ever looked back and said, man, I wish I would have? You know, there's, there's situations I can think about right now where I wish I would have if I had done. And I, let me just throw one at you. In the early 1980s, 
Jan and I went with John and Carolyn to a place called Blue Mountain, Florida. And it's, it's about 30 miles from Destin, Florida. Destin, Florida is a very popular, popular place for people. You know, the home, back then, they had million-dollar homes on the beach. And so we're staying in this condo. And so I'm talking to this lady, you know, that kind of takes you there and do all that. And she said, yeah, these are all for sale. She, you know, for $39,000, you can buy this one. I'm thinking, you know, uh, what am I going to do with a, you know what those condos cost now? Over a million dollars. If I had struck while the iron was hot, I could have turned my money over pretty well. Could have had somebody else paying my mortgage on it by renting it out and then had a million-dollar condo. But I didn't strike while the iron was hot. Well, why didn't I? Any? Didn't have $39,000? You know what? You don't have to have it to strike while the iron's hot. Fear? Not interested. Yeah, at 24, 25 years old, I wasn't interested in that. You weren't interested in making a million dollars? Oh, no, I was. But I didn't have the insight and understanding that I was. the iron was in front of me, and it was hot, and all I really needed to do was strike. That's just one. I can think of one after the other, and I'm sure you can too. But, but we have to understand that we have to be aware of when these opportunity times are in front of us. Because we miss them when we're not. You know, you ever look back and say, you know, I felt uh, I felt the Lord tell me I needed to say something to this person, but I didn't do it. Yeah. You know, I had a deal that happened to me several years ago. And uh, is when Kevin was coming here, Kevin, Kevin Burgess. He said, hey, do you know a guy named Mark Moser? I said, oh, yeah, he was my youth pastor. He said, well, he's not in really good shape right now. He's a matter of fact, he backslid, and now he's back into drugs and this and this and that. And this, this was on Sunday when he was here. He preached for us that Sunday. He said, he said uh, I talked to a, friend of, a mutual friend of ours, and he asked if I was here. He said, would you call him tonight and talk to Mark? He, this guy asked me, talking about Kevin, to ask you to call him. And I said, well, sure, I'll, I'll call him and give, you know. So that night, Sunday night, I got busy. He didn't, didn't do anything, you know, just I think I'll call him tomorrow when I went to bed. So I woke up the next day, and I had a message on my phone that he had killed himself that night. Killed himself that night. So, yeah, that's been hard. It's still hard to talk about. Still hard because I should have, the iron was hot, and I should have struck the iron because it possibly could have saved him from doing that and going down the road he went. It's important that we recognize the moment that we're in. We get a lot, we get busy a lot of times. Our lives are busy. We understand that. We live in a busy, busy place. Our society's that way, but we can't, you know, we've got to lock in on some things and understand God is presenting with us every day hot iron places, hot iron places, hot iron places to strike. Once, once Ezra had this temple, what, what really set into motion something very important was once he had the decree and began to build the temple, that very moment set in time in Daniel's prophetic time clock, when you read Daniel's, at that moment that he began to build the temple was the 490 years before the Messiah. Had he decided, you know, I'm going to wait a few years, had he decided, I don't think I'm going to do that, you know, it could have changed the course of history as far as the Messiah. But it, it began that 490-year period from that point to when Jesus came. Elijah was a man of action, First Kings 17. We know he stood against the prophets of Baal. 
you know, you can read one of the, you know, look at the apostles. I mean, they struck when the iron was hot, when it was, you know, and listen, if, any, if the heat was on anybody, it was the apostles and disciples of Jesus Christ in the early years of the church. The iron was really hot. Man, they were striking. You know, you're talking about th literally thousands of people coming to God because they, they understood the time. And, you know, I, I heard a message years and years ago, understanding the time. Understanding the time. It's not just knowing the time. It's understanding the time. One of the things Jesus tried to r really get the disciples to understand is, you know, he said, listen, you, you, you guys, you know by seeing this, this is coming. You know by, in the natural, you know by seeing this, this is coming. And he said, so th there's going to be things that are going to be going on, and you'll know by that that I'm coming. And, and you know, he said, you'll know when the iron's hot. He said, you won't, they won't sneak up on you. He said, you guys, you look way off and you see a cloud coming. You know the rain's coming. It doesn't sneak up on you. You know, and, and, and he said, you, when it's time, you know, you need to prep for it. Be ready for it. It's the same thing here. No one, you know, we, a lot of times we know when the iron's hot. We just don't strike. We just don't strike. And so, you know, the apostles, they forged out of church. Look, man, they, I mean, they, they struck when the iron was hot. Jesus himself was a man of action. He became what we were that we might become what he is. That's striking when the iron's, he became what we were. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He became what we were so we could become what he is. He struck when the iron was hot. 2 Peter 1, 5 through 8, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. Now I'm reading from, from a different, but you, you know the, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness. Steadfastness with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, if, if we're to be the Christians that God's called us to be in the time that we're living, if we're going to strike when the iron's hot, then, then we've got to not only have those qualities, we've got to be increasing those qualities. It's a, it's a revelatory thing. One of the reasons some Christians never get to the point in their walk with God is because they start off good. They, they, they get the they increase. And if you'll note, if you go back to that verse, you know, you know you've heard it taught here, that very verse is a progression. Each one progresses to the, you don't start here and go down to the middle of that verse and get that one and then go to the end of the verse and get that one and then go back up here and get this one. It's a progression that you're going through because it's, it's a part of growth. And so uh, a lot of times Christians aren't successful and they can't strike when the iron's hot because they haven't followed this, the progression of Scripture. S scripture will show us when the iron's hot. That's what I'm trying to say. Scripture will show us when the iron's hot. To realize what's going on, to recognize what's going on, you know, there's a lot of revelation that we're getting now that we didn't have 15, 20 years ago in Scripture. There's a lot of things that are happening that are that, that's just revelatory that we just didn't have. You know, it's hard to think we've been Christians and we, we hadn't received all the revelation. Huh? We're never going to receive all the revelation while we're here. So what we've got to be doing is looking for the revelation that's being given us that's the iron that's hot, and we need to strike when we have that revelation. 
when God reveals something to us as a church, as, uh, you know, as the body of Jesus Christ, when He reveals it as, as the local assembly or even individuals, that's the time when you have revelation. You know, I've, I've had people say, I've got this great idea. I can't do it, but I've got this great idea. God's showing them the iron is hot, strike it, but they want somebody else to strike it. Can I give you all a secret about something about what God does in the church that you probably already know? If you see, if, if, if there's a revelation to you of a need in the church, God is showing you for a reason. It's not because I'm that stupid. Now, some of y'all don't believe that. It's not because I'm, not, I'm that stupid that I'm not getting the understanding to that. God is revealing it to you because it's your hot iron, and he wants you to do something with it. Not, I've got a great idea, but somebody else can do it. I've got this idea, but somebody else can do it. If God's given you that revelation of this idea, that's your iron. Strike it. Strike it. God's waiting for you to hit it because if you wait on it, it's going to cool off. It's going to have to cool off, and then it's going to have to, the process will then have to start all over again until it's heated to the right place, and somebody else will strike that thing when it's hot. So just, just a little secret. You know, we, I know we all come from a background where, you had to have pastor's permission. Well, let me say something here. As pastor, I have, I have the direction of God. I have the direction of God as pastor. I have the responsibility from God as pastor. So I'm not saying let's wildfire it here because you'll start striking iron that has no business being struck. What I'm saying is there's no, there's no problem. Say, hey, pastor, I've got this. This is happening. You know, comes, hey, but, but just leave off that. But it, it's not me that can do it. Or it's not. Leave that part off. See, I've, I've got this, because some of you have already done that before. You, you've realized, you know what, it's hot, boom, I struck it, and things happen. Striking while it's hot. We've, we've, we not only have to obtain qualities, we've got to increase. The whole Christian walk, this is a simple thing, but it's amazing how much we avoid the simple. We're supposed to increase. We're supposed to increase in faith, in word. We're supposed to increase in trust. We're supposed to increase in our abilities of what we do. We're supposed to increase in the virtues. We're supposed to increase in all those things. That's supposed to be something that's ongoing all the time. And when we cease to increase, now some people increase faster than others, don't they? So some people increase faster. You know, let, let that be between them and God, and let yours be between you and God. And I had this conversation this week with somebody. Listen, because this person is not doing what you think they ought to be doing because they've been in the church this long, understand something. God, God, and, you know, God has this way of doing, you know. I, I just point out, told them, I said, listen, you're saying this person isn't doing this, but let me tell you what you're not doing. And that person became silent because we all have stuff we're not doing. So rather than pointing each other's out, you know what, look to what God's calling you to do and when you see it, don't strike somebody else's iron. Strike your own iron. And you know what? That saves a lot of problems because if you reach over and try to strike somebody else's iron, you're getting in somebody's business, you know what I'm saying? It creates issues. If you see a weakness in somebody else, it's because you got it in you. Yeah. <laughs> thou that condemnest another, thou art guilty of the same yes. thing. Exactly. Luke 11 and 9, and I tell you, Jesus said, ask, 
it shall be given you. Seek, you will find. Knock, and it will be opened. Ask is prayer. Ask is prayer. Talk to God about it. Seek. Look what you prayed for. Don't just ask and then, okay, God, spill it out there. Look for it. Look for it. And knock means you have to attempt to obtain it when you finally see it. God doesn't just flop things in our laps. He doesn't, God's not that, he doesn't do arbitrary things that, he doesn't flop things in our laps like that. He says, what Jesus just said, you got to talk to God about it. Then you got to look for what you talk to God about. And then when you find it, grab it. Strike it while it's hot. Because there's an opportunity that if you don't, you wind up getting a phone call the next morning and losing a good friend. That's tough. You ever wondered how many withered limbs are still withered because they weren't stretched forth when God spoke to the person? How many lame people are still lame because when God spoke to them to rise up, take their bed and walk, they just didn't, didn't get up. Didn't get up. Didn't. Jesus often did that. Just, just look at what Jesus did. He, he, you know, he spits on the ground. He makes mud, puts in the guy's eyes. That was just the beginning. Now here's your. You go, and you wash. You go do your part. The iron's hot, dude. You know what? That guy was ready to see. Iron was hot. He was ready to see. I had a high school friend, and he didn't live close to me, but I was praying for him one night because I heard he had tinnitus, and he really suffering with that ear. And the Lord told me to pray for him at a specific time. So I texted him and said, you know, this is kind of what I heard, and are you available to be right there and put your hand on that ear at this time? He refused. He just didn't want to do it. I thought, here the Lord is willing to heal him at this specific time, yeah. and he would not do it. I was just, uh, yeah. Lord. That's why Jesus asked the question, wilt thou be made yeah, whole? Because exactly. there's a lot of people that don't want God to touch them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they love where they are, what, yeah. their condition. All, all of us have probably been in a church with somebody that did not want to get healed because their life was, I'm sick, and that's all they had. If they got healed, they no longer have a life. They don't have anything to talk about. They don't have anything to complain about. They don't have any, because that's their life, and that's sad because, you know, again, going back, God wants to do things in our lives that sometimes we just out and out refuse, doesn't he? He wants to do it, and we just do it. So often we've sought God for something, and we presented it to us. We just failed to strike. Does that happen to you? Has you ever God presented? Uh, it's not that it isn't there. It's, it's it's not that we haven't asked for it. It's there because we ask for it. We see it, but we, but we don't strike. We ask. We seek, but when it comes time to knock, we don't strike, and then the thing cools off. 
Look, when we see an opportunity, we've got to, as the church, this is becoming, and you, if you look in Scripture, you see this become more evident and realistic the closer it comes to Jesus coming. Because we're a day closer than we were yesterday. And so there's a day's worth of people. There's a day's worth of people that needed God. That to, now, now they're closer to Him coming as well. And so whoever that is, we've got to be aware and strike that. You know, again, there's going to be people that refuse it. Just like Jesus said, listen, guys, we're about to go in this town. You know, Jesus knew something about this town that his disciples didn't. He said, we're about to go in this town. Look, if, you know, we're, if they don't want to hear it, don't get in a fight. Don't get mad. Don't tell them they're ungodly. Don't tell them they're stupid. Don't tell them anything. Just clean your feet, shoes off, and keep walking. Keep walking. Because you've done. See, when you strike the iron when it's hot, you've done your part. You've done your part. Have you ever watched somebody work with an anvil and a hammer and work a piece of iron that was round and all of a sudden became flat and had an edge and they made a knife out of it? There's a guy in Weatherford that makes knives for Hollywood. Any of you ever seen the movie Rambo? You've seen that knife? You know how much that knife cost? Guess. Pretty big knife. It's pretty... Huh? A little higher. Yeah, who said that? $25,000 for the one knife. One knife. The guy in Weatherford makes them. He's made them for all kinds of movies. Why would anybody pay $25,000 for a movie prop? Because you know what's big? Well, one of the mainstays of any Rambo movie is he always pulls out that knife. That knife is very significant in every movie that he's in because that knife itself represents who Rambo is. So the guy that knew how to strike when the iron is hot and make a knife has now made for Sylvester Stallone. You can see that knife anywhere in the world, and you know that's Rambo's knife. So do you get what I mean about, you know, when you strike the iron when it's hot, do you know how much you're affecting other people's lives? It could be a magnitude of the world. It could be a magnitude of the world. Look what Paul did by himself for quite a while till people got to trusting him a little bit. I mean, he, he, he just wasn't trusted. I mean, but look what happened. He changed the thought process of Christians in the day that he lived. By simply writing letters, he struck while the iron was hot. Uh, when we see that opportunity act on, some, sometimes we feel when opportunity arises, we're not ready. You ever felt that way? Well, yeah, I see it, but I don't think I'm ready for that. You know what happens? The iron gets, listen, Ephesians 6, y'all can quote this, 10 through 18 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord. And in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, and against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in those heavenly places. Therefore, 
take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. What's he saying here? He's saying this. Listen, prep yourself in God. Here's why. We're not called to be the church of yesterday, and we're not called to be the church of tomorrow. We're called to be the church of today. And so we have to strike while the iron's hot today because we can't do yesterday. It's gone. We can't do tomorrow. It never gets here. Strike while the iron's hot. Many of us have had things, and, and you know, people, things, ideas. Uh, and maybe it's because, and this happens in the church, pastor will put out a persona that he doesn't want anybody's ideas other than his own. And if I put out that persona, please forgive me because that's not the, that's not the way this church is going to be led. We're, we're all going to be Christians together. We're, you know, one of the things that I think happened in the early part of Christianity in America is that we had pastors that set themselves up as the Lord over God's kingdom. And everything went through the pastor. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. I have a responsibility, but understand this. I am not Lord over God's kingdom. I am in this with you together. And because God's put me in this place, it's, it's very smart of you to cross things over with me. Is that? I think it's very I, smart of you. I think I speak for all of us saying that you're one of the most humble pastors we've ever well, seen. Don't you kind, agree? <laughs> this has got to be, here's the deal. Thank you. That's kind. But here's the thing that ha- ha- happened to me a long time ago. This has got to be about Jesus. If it's not, I'm messed up. Not that I'm, no, I'm leaving. I'm going somewhere else. I, I, it's I, it's got to be about Jesus. If it's not, I'm, I'm messed up. I, I, I'm, I'm, matter of fact, I'll be lost. It's got to be about Jesus. And I think the thing I like about this church is that it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. And that's why we have, because not everybody is about Jesus in churches. And so while our iron's hot, let's strike it. While we have the opportunity, whatever opportunity God gives us, let's strike it. Because who knows who we're going to affect. I'll, say, I'll end with this. You know, what if, what if, y'all going to give me the eye roll, that's okay. What if Joseph Biden, two weeks from today, got on national television and said, listen, I was meeting with these people, and these people said they wanted to pray with me, and I, 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 you know, I'm the president. I'm going to make them happy. They prayed for me. Now, something happened to me that's never happened to me in my life. As they were praying with me, I felt this thing about me. I, they called it conviction. I don't know what it is, but as I began to reach out to them, to God while they were praying, then I began to speak in a language. I'd never even, I've never even heard this language before. You know, see, we're rolling our eyes right now. I can tell. We're all rolling our eyes. If I said Trump, you'd all be shouting right now. But Trump's not the president. Biden's the president. What if that happened? Huh? Yeah, well, you know, first thing is they'd probably lock him up. Yeah. Yeah. What, what if that happened? Could, could, we have, could we have that kind of faith that that could happen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got a whole bunch. 
up there in Washington. He needs to make a clean sweep, doesn't he? But could we believe God? Could, because we understand that man has to want. God doesn't just blanket. We have to want. But could, could you know, you didn't come to God because you wanted. I didn't come to God because I wanted. We came to God specifically because the Spirit says, no man cometh to God except the Spirit draw him. The Bible tells us that all are, are drawn by the Spirit. So, you know, it's hard to believe that Joseph Biden is drawn by the Spirit. But listen, God's drawn him as much as he's drawn you. It's, what, it's the answer. That's, that's the, so what if we can get them to change their answer? What if we could pray, God, help them to understand to change their answer? That, that's a hard one, isn't it? So I'm going to bring some mustard seed here Sunday, and everybody gets a grain. <laughs> we we got to believe some things is what I'm saying is. I, am I using something that almost sounds outlandish? Yes. But, we, you know, we've got to believe some things about God because if we don't, we're going to miss a hot iron. We're just going to miss it. We're, we're going to miss a hot iron that God wants us to strike. So we've got to believe some things about God that God wants to do. I tend to think it's more Pharaoh. God hardened his heart. Yeah. And through the hardening of his heart, he delivered his people. Yeah. That what we're seeing in our world is God hardening the hearts of despots. Yeah. The, the, here's the problem I have. I was a despot. So... My life was different than all of y'all's. My life was different. And so I guess my thinking is, you know, not, I'm not saying right or wrong here. What I'm saying is that that's where I'm coming from. I, I know this is not a tongue-in-cheek thing. I know what God, my brother-in-law is finding things out about me that none of y'all know. My wife doesn't know. But he and I have had some serious talks about my life before I came to God that literally, you know, it's hard to get John to drop his mouth open. It's hard to get him to, he's always got one up on you or one better. But I've dropped his mouth open. I know where God brought me from and what he brought me out of. And I know if he can do that for me, that it can happen. Now, will it happen or won't? That's God's deal and that's their deal. But I can certainly, I can certainly ask, I can certainly seek, and I can certainly knock if that opportunity shows. I can certainly do that. If I'll do my part, God will do his part. If they don't want to do their part, Pharaoh. That, that's their whole, did not God give Pharaoh ten chances? But in those ten chances, the Bible says he did harden his heart, but he hardened his heart through chances. Hardened his heart through chances. Finally came to a point where only after it was all said and done, did he make the mistake of letting them go? Because he said, I've made a mistake. Let's go get them. Let's take that into consideration about what we're talking about here. So, so I'm just saying, I'm just challenging you. Strike while it's hot. Strike while it's hot. Anybody else? Any? Okay. 
God knows him. God knows him. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's 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 do that right now. Lord, we just love you tonight. We thank you, God, that you, the, these two men can be in your hands, that, that Darren was a witness to them, that we would pray for them, that you would touch their lives. And so we just ask you right now to minister into their, their lives. You, you said many times, be it, be it done according to thy faith. And so, Lord, we just ask you to somehow into their lives place a manner of faith that they know what Darren said today. And so just in their heart, they're gonna, just going to believe, if it's just a grain of uh, a mustard seed faith that you would touch them and change them. More than that, God, not healing their bodies, that, that's important, but that somehow you would touch them in their spirits, that somehow you would minister in, the, in their hearts that would change their lives. So we pray for them right now. We, we put them before your throne. We, we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Good. Look forward to seeing you this weekend. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather, and you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.